What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. We have got a very busy 10 days or so coming up here in the fantasy football world. Welcome to the show here on Monday. Have to look at the date. March 8th. It's March 8th, it turns out. Adam Azer with Jamie Eisenberg, Chris Towers, Heath Cummings. We're going to talk about free agency. We're going to give you our favorite destinations for the big-time free agents and hear from you, the listeners. Where do you want to see Aaron Jones go, Corey Davis, Curtis Samuel? He's kind of a popular one. People want to see Curtis Samuel get an opportunity to shine. So this is Fantasy Football Today. Make sure you're listening to Fantasy Football Today in five for a five-minute version of what we're going to talk about. And uh, before the before we started the show... Jamie said, what's the over-under on the amount of emergency pods that we're going to do this week and next week? Big breaking news pods. I'm going to set it at four and a half, Jamie. Are you going over or under? Um, I'm going to go under because there'll probably be a few that we combine. Okay. That's pretty good. Pretty good reasoning. Chris, over-under, four and a half. Just this week? No, next week too. Okay. The next two weeks, I think I'll take the over. Okay, Heath? I'm looking forward to the times when, like, we do an emergency podcast, we get it published like 30 minutes later, (laughs) and then five minutes after we publish it, there is no more breaking news. So I'm going to go over. Over. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, think it's going to be exactly four and a half. I don't know how that's going to work out, but... Mm -hmm. Right on the money. Well, he he set it up for you. The half will be the one that we don't do, the one that we don't run. Or is it like the breaking news right after one we already did? No, no, no. You'll do one, and then you'll say we can't oh, use that. <laughs> we won't publish it. Right. Okay, okay. All right, good. So four and a half. That works out perfectly. Email us, by the way, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. So I asked the listeners, I want to see blank go to blank or something like that. Or I want blank to go to blank. I thought... I would get some colorful answers. Not really. People stuck to the football rules. Um, I want to see. I want Dak to go to to Denver. Curtis Samuel to the Packers. We'll get to those in just a moment. Tell me your favorite free agent and NFL team combination, Heath. Why don't I start with you? Your favorite player team combination. I guess it would be. I don't even know. Like, how reasonable do we have to be? Nah, it's, it's March. You can do whatever you want. Kenny Galladay to the Texans, which makes Deshaun Watson happy, and they stay together with Kenny Galladay and Deshaun Watson. Okay, that's cute. And does Will, Will Fuller there too? Yeah, does Fuller come back? No, no. Kenny Galladay is taking Will Fuller's job. Okay. Got it. Uh, Chris, your favorite combination? Yeah, if we're not 
staying realistic, then it would be Dak Prescott to either Denver or Carolina. Why not Dallas? Because he's already there. We know what that looks like. <laughs> I'd like him to just stay there. <laughs> so would I. <laughs> uh, imagine how far he could throw the ball, though, in the altitude in Denver. Exactly. Jamie, your favorite combo. Uh, I'll say Aaron Jones to the Falcons. Aaron Jones to the Falcons. Would, would that make Arthur Smith walk back on his running back by committee declaration? Um, probably so. Okay. I can't imagine that if they sign a running back, they're going to make that person be in a committee. Unless by committee, he means another person touching the ball. Arthur Smith said, the reality is that we'll get multiple backs in here and we'll have the way we trust our schemes and the way we teach the details of it and we'll commit to it. That should provide hope to people because of that mindset. That was a weird quote. All right, well, let's see what the people had to say. But before we do that, the most exciting thing I did this weekend was peruse Paramount+. Plus. It's really awesome, and you should definitely get Paramount+. Plus. Uh, I watched a movie. I, it's like, you know, I wanted to fall asleep. It was just like, oh, let's put on something mindless. Have you guys ever seen the movie Superstar? The SNL? With Molly Shannon? Yeah, yeah. with Molly Shannon and Will Ferrell. No. Okay, it's surprisingly... It's no, it's yeah, really it's funny. funny. <laughs> it's really funny. Shockingly funny. I was cracking up. So that was on Paramount+, Plus, along with uh, some other really good movies, a ton of TV shows. Check it out. It's live now, and it's live sports. It's breaking news, and it's a mountain of entertainment. You can go straight from game day to movie night with Paramount+. Plus. Stream iconic movies like The Godfather, Indiana Jones, Mission Impossible, Superstar one of those iconic movies. Uh, TV shows like Star Trek Picard, The Good Fight, and The Stand, and also live sports from CBS Sports. So the NFL, March Madness, the Masters, Champions League Soccer. Hit shows from CBS, Nickelodeon, MTV, BET, Smithsonian Channel, Comedy Central. I almost got into Are You Afraid of the Dark from Nickelodeon. That'll I'll be doing that at some point. Um, so that's live sports, breaking news, and a mountain of entertainment all on Paramount+. Plus. It's streaming right now. So the fill in the blank, I want blank to go to blank. Forrest Cunningham said, I need Dak to go to Denver. So there you go, Chris. Somebody else wants Dak to go to Denver. Yeah, look, I I get, like, he's not going anywhere anyway. He's going to stay in Dallas, and so it doesn't really matter. But, you know, my my thing all offseason has been, I could see Denver being an incredibly fun offense for fantasy purposes in 2022 or 2021, but... I just don't buy that it's going to happen with Drew Locke. I know there are people who are high on him, but I I just, I can't see him getting the most out of that offense. And so, you know, when we're talking about Deshaun Watson landing spots or, you know, Dak Prescott or Russell Wilson or any quarterback who, who may become available, Denver is going to be pretty much at the top of my list. I, I, if they don't have a, a good quarterback or at least a better quarterback, it's it's going to be hard for me to see Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Noah Fant, all these guys, you know, maximizing their value. And I'd really like to see that. What if they draft a quarterback? You know, you see a lot of mock drafts that have them trading up. They have the ninth pick, so maybe that's Trey Lance or Feels like it might be a little bit of a reach for Mac Jones. People are pretty split on him. But if it's a rookie quarterback, who would be confident in, you know, Sutton, let's say? He's, well, he's I think favorite. with John Elway's track record of picking out uh, <laughs> quarterbacks out of college, you'd have to be yeah. confident in whoever they chose to trade up for. How tall is Mac Jones? He's tall. Okay, yeah, right. he might, it might be him. 
Oh, yeah. I, I, think, only, well, I mean, you're starting to hear Andy Dalton to Denver um, as a guy to challenge Drew Locke. I think the thing about Drew Locke, and obviously Chris is right, you know, he, he's not shown you enough to say that those guys can maximize their potential with him. But would it shock you, anybody, if Drew Locke can get to like a Kirk Cousins type level or a Jared Goff like level? And I'm not saying that he is going to because I don't trust it, but that type of thing wouldn't surprise me. And what I mean by that is making the guys around him better because we've seen Kirk Cousins support multiple weapons in his offense. We've seen Jared Goff support multiple weapons in his offense. And those guys obviously aren't considered of the top tier elite level quarterbacks. And so Locke doesn't have to be special. Doesn't have to be great. Doesn't have to be, you know, pro bowl or hall of fame or any of those type of things. But for fantasy, if he can just make those guys successful again, maybe not maximizing their potential, they can still be pretty good. I think the good Jared Goff year and the leap throwing the ball that Josh Allen made last year are enough reason to to hope that Drew Locke could still get better. It's the same reason you'd still hold on to Daniel Jones as the starter. Yeah. Well, it's like we saw from Drew Locke in that stretch last year, and, and we know it wasn't sustainable um, because a lot of it was those fourth quarter, third quarter, you know, rallies um, where, you know, he was having to throw a lot and, and – we saw what those guys could potentially be. Tim Patrick had that great stretch. Noah Fant played well. Uh, Jerry Judy, what he wants dropping the ball. So, you know, it, it'd be nice to see. And especially, I think, if you had the other piece in, in a healthy Cortland Sutton, you can't sway coverage to those guys because it's impossible. Does Jared Goff's 2018 season, I guess it was, uh, where they went to the Super Bowl, and let me just look up his numbers. He had a... 101.1 passer rating. He threw for 293 yards per game, 32 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Actually, it was pretty good in 2017, too, by the way. Um, does that does that make you nervous at all about Josh Allen? Same year, no. his third season. No. Okay. They're physically different. So yeah. different. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I think they're... I, I, I would bet on Josh Allen being worse in 2021 than he was in 2020. Like, I think there will be regression coming. Um, and I, I think it's probably... But regression how? Regression statistically or regression is play? Probably a bit of both. Certainly statistically. Um, See, that I could buy into just because I think they'll run the ball better because I don't think they can do what they did and be successful. They got to find a run game to support their passing game. So statistically, I think he comes down. But in his play, I mean, the nice thing that Buffalo has done is the building of Josh Allen, you know, and the, the report today, like from Chris Mortensen about trying to build around the Eagles want to build around Jalen hurts. Like that's the way you have to go about building your offense. Like <laughs> they started with the offensive line. They bring in John Brown, they bring in Stefan Diggs. It's been a three-year process to make this guy better. And, uh, you know, just talking to Stefan Diggs um, at the Super Bowl, he said, I, I think they felt like I was their missing piece, you know, and, and it was refreshing to hear somebody say that about himself. You know, he's like, I, I think Josh Allen needed me, you know, to come in and, and make him, the quarterback that he was. It'll be interesting to see what they do to enhance it this offseason as well. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he regressed as a player, but I do think he's going to regress statistically. Yeah. Well, they also have talked about how they need to upgrade a tight end. So maybe that's the next step uh, in that development. Okay, next uh, fill in the blank. Rob says he wants to see Curtis Samuel on the Packers. Curtis Samuel to the Packers. Let me just tell you, Devontae Adams had a 32.3% target share last year. In the last three seasons... It's been 28.2%, 26.5%, and 32.3%. So big jump in 2020. Uh, that's for Devontae Adams. Uh, and those are based on just the games he played. He missed some time in each season. 
or two of the three. So anyway, um, you know, do you want to see another great wide receiver, another good wide receiver go to the Packers? Because it has just been a one-man show for the last three years with Adams. I think that's why Curtis Samuel would fit well there. Well, but he, he's, he, he's never he's never earned a twenty percent target share. He, he can go really in and good, get it. really good the last eight last games year. of the year. I, I don't know if he, he was so much better than Robbie Anderson last eight games of the year. And that's I know it's just eight games. I know, but he came on strong. The one thing I, I would say is, given the the flexibility of Curtis Samuel's skill set and the different ways that you can use him, you know, he's not just a traditional wide receiver. He can make plays down the field, but he can also make plays out of the backfield. Uh, you know, we expect Green Bay to lose at least one of Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones, if not both. And, you know, those guys had 98 targets last season. So it is possible that they could acquire someone like Curtis Samuel and use him in a way that doesn't necessarily take away from Devontae Adams. I, Adams, I, you probably take the under on a 30% target share next year either way, uh, just because it's really hard to sustain a 32% target share. But, uh, you know, someone like Curtis Samuel who you can get him the ball in a lot of different ways without having to, to force targets towards him. I think that could be a, sort of an ideal addition for the Packers in terms of making the offense better without necessarily taking away from Devonte. Okay. He so I, I cut you off. But that's, that's fine. Yeah. It was a funny, funny comment that you made. Uh, but I wanted to throw a little love at Curtis Sam because he really did play well, but I don't, is Green Bay a good landing spot for a wide receiver you're excited about? They run the ball so much. You wonder if if a number two wide receiver is going to be really good there, and you wonder if it's going to take just just enough away from Devontae Adams to make him, you know, a little less exciting, a little less. I yeah, I don't worry so much about the second part, unless like if it's Curtis Samuel or someone of that. And I'm not like I'm not. I wasn't trying to insult him. I was just saying that he's never demanded a large target share. So I don't think he would have much of an impact on Devontae Adams at all. Um, I don't think it's a particularly good spot for a wide receiver. It's a good spot for a guy to go and possibly have an outlier season where he's highly efficient without very many targets and produces in a way that we say, well, he's not going to be able to do that again. But I don't think it's a good way for a guy who we want to be excited about and draft in the first seven rounds of a fantasy draft. Okay, uh, so I'll just throw it to everybody here. If Curtis Samuel goes to the Packers, is he? Are you drafting him in the first seven rounds? Is he a round seven pick or earlier? No, no, no. Okay, I think by the way that he has been second, a second among wide receivers in rushing yards two straight years. I know he was in twenty twenty behind Cordero Patterson, who you know played a lot some running back. Um, but he does, yeah, he had 200 rushing yards. I think he's been second two straight years, so he does give you that added element. Okay, next up, Aaron Jones. Rob says, Aaron Jones to the Dolphins. Twanzi says, I want Aaron Jones to go to the CFL because my buddy and chief competition has him in Dynasty. So, Jamie, I'd prefer him to go to the Dolphins in the CFL. But that is the hot, not necessarily a rumor. There was a little bit of a rumor that, you know, their mutual interest there. But people want to see that, Aaron Jones to the Dolphins. Do you want to see that? Yeah, it'd be great. You know, I, I think we we sort of touched on this when the report, had, I think it was from the Miami Herald, that they were interested in Aaron Jones. Um, they have a need. They have a good offensive line. They have a good system in place. Uh, we saw last year that guys who were, you know, last round picks, or I forget if Miles Gaston was a sixth round pick or a seventh round pick. Savon Ahmed was picked up off the street. Those guys had great fantasy production. 
uh, in this backfield. So I think Aaron Jones and his pedigree and what he would be able to do would help the offense. It would help a you know, young quarterback in Tua Tungabailoa. Clearly, he's proven he can catch the ball in the backfield. So, you know, Aaron Jones goes to a situation like Miami where they featured their guy, you know, once they got to feeling comfortable with Miles Gaskin. That was the the best part about it. So even with the change in, in coordinators from Chan Gailey to the uh, the duo that the Dolphins will use to call plays, I think Aaron Jones can still be a top-tier, uh, number-one fantasy running back in Miami. Okay, and how about Steve says, I want Marlon Mack to go to Seattle. Remember Marlon Mack? Who likes that one? I, I think that's kind of fun. Marlon Mack to Seattle. Uh, he was, you know, very efficient. Uh, he was he was a good running back trying to get where he finished the last two years. He was in 2019, 15th in non-PPR, 22nd in PPR. And in 2018, per game, he was 12th in non-PPR, 19th in PPR. Didn't catch a lot of passes. But I don't know. I feel like Marlon Mack could fill the Chris Carson role. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, it, it depends on how he looks coming off that knee surgery and you know, it, he does feel a little like Lamar Miller where he had the knee injury and we were like, well, if he lands somewhere, uh, you know, maybe he could be an interesting fantasy option. And, you know, maybe he's enough of like a middling replacement level type NFL running back that it doesn't necessarily happen for him. But he is still only like 25. Yeah, I think he's still yep. pretty young. So, yeah, if he if he looks OK and lands in Seattle, I think he could do the the Chris Carson role. I hadn't thought about him very much, but he might also make a lot of sense. Like Atlanta is in just salary cap. Yeah. All kinds of trouble. He might be the kind of guy that would make a lot of sense there too. Yeah. The Falcons are still 15 million over the cap. Yeah. Projected I mean, cap. Achilles is a tough injury to come back from. It wasn't me. It was his Achilles. Oh, that's right. That's right. Ruptured. So um, even though he's young, hopefully he can still bounce back and, and regain some of what he had before. The injury, but you know, prior to 2020, you can make a case he was like a poor man's Chris Carson. Yeah. You know, guy that didn't really show a lot in the passing game, but if he threw him the ball, he had some success. At least he showed that as a rookie. Uh, he's a tough runner. I mean, you know, he, he would make a lot of sense in Seattle. That's a good call. Atlanta would make a lot of sense as well if they do want to go the committee route. So those are two probably realistic stand uh scenarios. <laughs> the one you don't want to see is him going back to the Colts because the fact that they would know him and trust him, that would probably ruin Jonathan Taylor a little bit just because they would probably try and force him in there a little bit more. So uh, as long as uh, he's not back in Indianapolis for me, I think anywhere he goes would be an upgrade for him based on what the scenario is in, in Indianapolis. Matt Mormon says, I want Chris Godwin to the Colts, Aaron Jones to the Jets, Fuller to wherever Watson ends up, Carson to the Falcons, Galladay to the Cardinals. Ooh, Galladay to the Cardinals is my least favorite. Yeah, God- I don't love that. Godwin to the Colts, Jones to the Jets. I, I still don't want anybody good to go to the Jets. Is that because of your brother or because of your Giants? Fan? No, I love the, I like the Jets. My son won't shut up about the Jets. He's got the stupid Jets book and wants me to read it to him every day. So I wear Yankees hats, say for you. Hey, all right. Thank you. I know your son's T ball, T or baseball, softball, baseball, baseball, baseball with softball. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> baseball team is the Yankees. That's good. No, I like the Jets. They were the worst offense in football last year. I know they're going to get better. Throw it out. I no, you don't have to completely. You don't have to completely throw it out. I'm just saying they're st- they have a long way to go from the worst in football to a destination I'm excited at. You know what would make them better, Adam? They're good players. Good players. <laughs> good play- well, a good quarterback. You know what I mean? Uh, well, like- I mean, again, there's a pretty neat, diff- uh, defined track record of players that leave Adam Gase and actually show that they can play football. I know. I, 
I just don't know that 2021 is going to be there. I, mean, I feel like maybe 2022. Well, you don't have to win the Super Bowl for us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, right, like if they're if they're the 23rd best offense in the NFL, which you know feels a little high. Aaron Jones could still be a very good fantasy running back. Yes. You know, Aaron Jones has never even averaged 15 carries per game. Do you think he goes to a place where he gets that kind of work? I think Miami would probably force that. I think um, the Jets would probably force that. That's a lot of carry. I mean, it's not to be taken lightly, 15 carries a game, but he's not I mean, a workhorse. The Jets make so much sense, though, because there's a need and obviously the the LaFleur connection, you know, so... You can see that happening if they want to pay for a running back, but they also just got burned the last time they paid for a running back in a really, really bad way. Granted, it's a much different scenario. They're not going to pay that much, but Le'Veon Bell, you know, hurt their franchise in a big way. Also, he's averaged basically 18 touches per game each of the past two years. 17.8 and 17.9. That's, 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 that's plenty. That's good. Uh, Jack Foster wants Deshaun Watson to go to the 49ers. Yeah, that, that was one of the ones on my list. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what the 49ers offense would look like with a quarterback that uh, Kyle Shanahan trusts more because he's done such a good job with that team of creating opportunities for guys to make plays with the ball in their hands. You know, th- this is something that you look at whoever plays quarterback, you know, even when it's not Jimmy Garoppolo, they're always a relatively efficient passing offense in terms of yards per attempt because uh, Kyle Shanahan schemes up the offense so well and they have so many guys who can make plays with the ball in their hands. What that could look like with a quarterback uh, who can, you know, make plays on his own rather than, you know, I think Jimmy Garoppolo's kind of a, you know, gets what's there type of guy. I think that'd be really interesting. They may have a top five receiving core by the end of the season if everybody plays to their upside. Now, granted, the tight end is there, but if Ayuk and Debo Samuel can take big leaps, obviously. But you know, when you have when you have a guy like Kittle, that that gives you a nice head start. So, if uh, if the quarterback situation does get improved, whether it's Watson, which is the uh, ideal situation, or you know they're in the Sam Darnold market, you know, uh, I think Peter King reported that today. That that's a, or at least he suggested it, that that's a team that you could see Sam Darnold ending up with. But um, yeah, the 49ers are going to be an interesting, interesting team for sure. But Deshaun Watson, I think, still remains a, a top tier, top five fantasy quarterback in that situation. You know what I was thinking before the show? I wanted to do a little research on this. How many times do we see it's a not in the te- ringer? Shut up. <laughs> How many times <laughs> do we see a team have three fantasy relevant Fantasy, see, fantasy relevance is kind of a weak term. Um, Starting caliber? Yeah. I don't want to say must start, but somewhere in between must start and fantasy relevant, three receivers, whether wide receivers or tight end, and one of them would have to be a tight end, you think, uh, on the same team. Do you have to start them, or do they have to perform as starters? I would say perform as starters. You know, Julius Thomas, 2013 and 2014 Broncos, were the first ones that came to mind. I'm just looking at it now. Is Demarius Thomas, Eric Decker, and, and Julius Thomas one year. Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, and Julius Thomas the next year. But you're talking about you got to have a really special offense. I think. Did, did the well, I mean, Panthers did, count last year? Yeah, the Panthers were close. I mean, the Steelers were there well, last the Bucks, year. The Bucks so this, at the end of the season with Antonio Brown when he was playing well. I think people were starting those three guys. Yep. Dallas. They were start. Yeah, Brown. I don't know if Brown was quite good enough. 
you know, for those. Well, I mean, if you're talking about, let's say like above 50% started in most leagues, like, I don't know how you want to qualify this, but you know, I I think we got to a point with those three guys because Evans and Godwin were in almost everybody's lineups. And then you can go two years ago. I don't remember the health situation of cup and woods, but when Higby was on his tear, right. But cup, you guys cup wasn't really doing much when Higby went crazy. He was catching yeah, touchdowns, saying, like, but I still think people were starting him. I know, but, but I'm but saying perform, he, yeah, like he was starters. scoring touchdowns, perform like starters. And so for right. Antonio Brown, I mean, you got to kind of take away week 17 because Mike Evans got hurt in that game and, and Brown and Goblin. Well, so Brown got hurt in week 16, didn't he? Did he get hurt? I don't know. He, he still had a touchdown in that game for, Oh, that was the Detroit game. They played half a game. Remember they kicked the crap out of Detroit that game. Mm-hmm. And, um, th- no, that just, is one of my concerns with San Francisco. But, like but going the point into, is, sorry, yeah. just to wrap it up, you're talking about either you know a ton of passing yards or for Pittsburgh, right? We talked about Claypool, Juju, Deontay Johnson. They led the NFL in pass attempts by a bunch. Yeah. So you know San Francisco is not really going to do that. Uh, well, so I, don't have- I think that the, the thing about Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch is if they make this move, it's not to just be ground and pound and play defense. They're not making this move to – you know, put handcuffs on Deshaun Watson. They're making this move to let him be who he is to some capacity. But yeah, and I, I think Adam, like to your point, I think the, if George Kittle plays 16 games this year, it's not likely that both Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel perform as starters. I agree right. with that. Right. Yeah. And Jamie, my point was less about Watson more, I guess about having all Debo. three of those. Right. No, yeah, no, but, Debo. but I think just in terms of the offense, offensive philosophy, you know, I think, Anybody that's going to go get Russell Wilson or go get Deshaun Watson or make a franchise-altering deal is not doing it to you know fit him into their system. It's going to have to be like what the Bucks did, where you're going to make Tom Brady feel comfortable and allow him to be him while also doing what you do as a coach and coordinator. Yeah, and good news for Watson, no matter where he ends up, here's where Houston has ranked in pass attempts per game last four seasons. 23rd, 27th, 20th, and 23rd. They've never been higher than 20th with Watson. And he's been a top six or seven quarterback uh, that's, every year per that's game. That's partially because he, he gets sacked so much and partially because he runs so much, too. Yeah, but right. But he doesn't have to throw the ball. They haven't, they haven't run a lot of plays, really, with him. They have been... Well, let me see where they ranked in plays per game. It's 12th, 7th, 17th, and 32nd. Last year, they were last in the NFL in plays. All right, last one from the listeners. Can you imagine going from Bill O'Brien to Kyle Shanahan <laughs> and just what that would be like? Uh. Pete Farmer, I want Allen Robinson to go to the Giants. What does everybody have against Allen Robinson? <laughs> well, don't you want a, a wide receiver who's proven that he could be good with bad quarterback play? Where would Daniel Jones rank on the all-time quarterbacks Allen Robinson has caught footballs Ooh, from? Boy, uh, first, he's still worse than Blake Bortles at this point. No, he's not. Yeah, for sure. He's not done anything close to Blake Bortles' best season. For for fans, let Daniel Jones be Blake Bortles. Daniel Jones would be better. You're right that he's not as good as Bortles' best. best He's not as good as Trubisky. But Bortles, yeah, I think he's going to be better than Trubisky. (laughs) But he's not. He's not as good as Trubisky. I don't know if I can say that. Trubisky's so bad. (laughs) Jones at least runs more. It would be a good fit for the Giants. I don't know how Daniel good Jones would be, be the third Robinson. best quarterback Allen Robinson has played with. Robinson. If Allen Robinson <laughs> goes to the Giants willingly. He's an idiot. It would be a really bad spot because Robinson, I, I know, Heath, you're, you're into efficiencies. Everybody is, but you know him probably you know, off the back of your hand. Uh, he's not the most efficient in terms well, of per target. Like he's had four seasons. 
with 150 targets. And he's only had one truly elite season. I think that's more of a failure of our advanced football statistics that we've not yet find found a way to give a receiver like Allen Robinson credit for the quality of um, throws and that he's dealing with. Yes, but yeah, he also has he also has has really been the alpha the alpha guy like in every spot big time. Yeah. The best number two receiver he's had has been Alan Hearns. So, um, I don't know how much that changes. Like Sterling Shepard's better than Alan. It would be a bad fit, I think, for Alan, for him. He'd not get 150 targets on the Giants. Put it that. But way. I don't like the other thing I've heard is him to the Ravens, and I don't really particularly oh, like I that would, either. I would like that for the Ravens' offense. I would like that for Lamar Jackson, but sure. I wouldn't love it for Allen Robinson. Yeah, but at the same time, think about what we were saying about Stephon Diggs going to Buffalo. That's true. <laughs> yeah. that, that was going to be. <laughs> That's 100 right. Okay, uh, that's it for our listener suggestions. Thank you very much. We'll talk a little bit more about these free agents in a bit. We have a lot of news and notes to get to and a really cool new rule proposal that I want to talk about. Uh, First, though, six tournaments, six chances to win $10,000. You can fill out one conference bracket or all of them. It's up to you. So it's conference tournament time now, right? Conferences we have ACC, Big Ten, Big 12, Pac-12, SEC, and the Big East. You can create a pool with friends or fill out brackets for your chance to win $10,000 on the CBS Sports app or at cbssports.com slash conference. And by the way, if you recall, before last year, we did an annual March Madness bracket challenge uh, for FFT listeners and FBT listeners. We're going to be doing that again, except this time I think we're going to have separate bracket challenges for the two podcasts. But uh, yeah, get ready for some March Madness. It's going to be fun. Spot and choose. This is really cool. The Baltimore Ravens proposed a rule, an overtime rule called spot and choose. One team selects where to spot the ball. You do a coin toss to determine which team is going to select, right? So the team that wins the coin toss can select where to spot the ball at the start of overtime. And the other team picks if they want to play offense or defense. Um, just, I think this was on Ravens.com. For example, the Ravens could spot the ball at the 10-yard line. Then their opponent would have to pick whether it wants to start on offense from its own 10-yard line or play defense. I don't think they have determined if it's sudden death or what, or if you just play out overtime, which could be 10 minutes or seven and a half minutes, which was pr- uh, proposed. But you say, all right, we won the coin toss. 25-yard like Who's going to pick the 10-yard line? 25-yard line. And then the other team has to say, all right, do we want to play offense or defense? I think that's really awesome. What do you guys think about spot What would the Chiefs have to choose in terms of yard line to get the other team to choose defense? <laughs> the five. You think the team would choose defense if the Chiefs said the five? I think so. I think in sudden 10, death? I think 10 or 15. It's nice um, that the team with the best kicker in the NFL is making this determination. Uh, <laughs> My my thought on this is I feel like it would just end up being every team picks the 25. Like, there might be one idiosyncratic coach who who decides to take chances, but with the way the NFL is, I feel like they'd just be like, we'll put it on the 25 every time. And just then play what? a fifth quarter. Well, they, that's part of this. Is that they could play like a half a quarter. Um, but I, I think this is really cool. So 25-yard line, how many teams are picking offense there? How many are picking defense? All, all of them are picking offense. Is it sudden death? So, yeah. Because if that's the case, then you probably are. But if not, um, yeah, well, if all the teams are picking offense, then make it to 20. Then what happens? Most are picking offense. 
All right. Well, you know what? I like this better than everybody else does, I guess. Of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a break. When we come back, a lot of news and notes and the rest of our free agent discussion and some of your emails, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It's called spot and choose. You you pick the spot and then the other... Forget it. Uh, all right, the Patriots want to acquire... I choose for you to go away. <laughs> I, I I will think of a pun with the word spot in it, and then I will use it, and it'll be great, but I'll have to pick my spot. Uh, New England wants to acquire Jimmy Garoppolo, according to the Boston Sports Journal. And They the, had him once. <laughs> they did. The Bears will prioritize making What would that trade actually have been if they tried to trade him? What did they get for him? A second-round pick? A second-round pick. I, I mean, like, I don't think it's so ridiculous to get a second-round pick for a guy who'd never played, basically. He played two games. And who's been, like, the 17th best quarterback in the NFL when he's been healthy? The 17th best quarterback usually goes for, like, three first-round picks. I mean, yeah. <laughs> By the way, if Dak Prescott gets franchise tagged, wouldn't you give up two first-round picks for Dak Prescott? If you had, uh, Some teams, like, I think, would. Yeah. You pay if I was them. Denver, I would. You'd have to. Uh, if you were yeah, I don't think two would get him. Well, that's what you have to give up if he's franchised, right? I mean, I think. Yeah, I don't think that's changed. I'll check. Yeah, I think you have to give up two first-round picks if he's franchised. Um, anyway, the Bears are making a run at Russell Wilson. The Chicago Tribune says that's a priority for them. The Bears have not had yeah, a— but Peter King says no. That is not happening? He said it's a pipe dream. Why? I mean, that was one of the teams that was listed by Russell Wilson. Yes, but according to Peter King, it would be a pipe dream for the Bears to acquire Russell Wilson from Seattle. Didn't you have drinks with Peter King or something, Heath? Uh, yes, that, that is true. At um, Concrete Beach Brewery. He and uh, Schrager was there and Gardner Minshew. Right. <laughs> what a crowd. We did what not talk about the Bears or Russell Wilson, but I agree with Peter King that it's a pipe dream. Cleveland wants to keep Odell Beckham. Uh, I have some stats on Rashard Higgins that I will be giving out tomorrow and getting analysis from the guys on that stat. Well said. Good sentence. Von Miller will not face charges for some mystery crime. And Denver placed the franchise tag on Justin Simmons. Their safety. Very, very good safety. Houston signed center Justin Britt to a one-year deal. He did not play in 2020. This is I don't know this is a huge deal, but they did cut their center Nick Martin two weeks ago. All right, this is a bigger deal. Terry McLaurin said he played through two high, two high ankle sprains in 2020. He was wide receiver 20 in non-PPR, wide receiver 19 in PPR. Chris, 87 catches, a little more than 1,100 yards, only four touchdowns in 15 games for McLaurin, but he did have 134 targets in 15 games. Uh, so yeah, he played through two high ankle sprains, finished as a top 20 wide receiver. Quick thought here. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I have him ranked as a top 12 wide receiver for 2021. If not, it's like 13 or 14. Um, 
I, I have to imagine that offense won't be worse next year for him. Uh, you know, obviously we'll see who the starting quarterback is, but I just think based on what he's done so far in his first two seasons in that offense, uh, he's really, really good. And, um, you know, someone who I'm, I'm fine with as my, you know, if I get him as my number two wide receiver for 2021, I'm, I'm ecstatic. I think I've got him seventh and, uh, he was in my breakouts article, which will be on cbsports.com today. I think it's out now. How much do you? He's tenth for me. Care, how much? Oh, Jamie, where's McLaurin for you? Uh, just outside top twelve, but right in the same range. How much do you care though about about touchdowns? So I know they're they're hard to project, but I do feel like Washington right now. If we're doing rankings right now, they, they don't feel like a team that's going to throw a lot of touchdown passes. That could hurt him. He had four last year. He had seven as a rookie on ninety three targets in a worse offense. I don't know. I still not a worse I mean, offense for fantasy though. Look, it's just it's just math. The more touchdown passes a team throws, the better right. it is, right? I mostly lean like and let normals around five percent touchdown rate. He's been like right at five percent for his career. Uh, maybe the offense is worse, but it's not. I mean, the offense is going to be better than it was last year. Yeah, I have him tenth in my projections with only six touchdowns. Okay. Um, and then there's a here's a quote from Cliff Kingsbury about Chase Edmonds. As far as Chase goes, you've seen when he's had his opportunity, he's played at a starting running back level. We all understand that he's unfortunately been nicked up a couple times, which we want to keep him on the field. But we all have the confidence in the world in Chase and him being able to be the bell cow if that's how this plays out. Jamie, Chase Edmonds bell cow? Question mark? Week nine against Miami, he had 25 carries. He had 70 yards rushing on those 25 carries. I mean, he did not play well in that game. It was the game Kenyon Drake missed. Uh, you know, we all had high expectations for Chase Edmonds, myself included. But there is an opportunity there for him if they don't go and add somebody significant. If it's a day two, day three rookie and an old veteran guy, then Chase Edmonds will have the chance to be their lead rusher. He's probably better suited in a combo situation where he's the pass catcher, third down back, that type of thing. He did play well catching the ball last year. Did do a good job catching the ball last year. So um, will he be a lead fantasy option? Probably not. Can he be a flex like Kareem Hunt-ish type? Not to that same height, but that type of guy? Um, probably so. Or just basically what Chase Edmond was last year. So um, I, it, we have to see what they do. It just doesn't seem like they're bringing back Kenyon Drake. And do they have the uh, ammunition to go get somebody else that's better than what Kenyon Drake was last year? If you want to look at the three games that Edmonds had in the last two seasons where the starting running back's been out and he's been put in that role, he had one amazing game. We all remember David Johnson, I think, had one carry, and then he left the game against the Giants. Edmonds goes off for 27 carries, 126 yards, and three touchdowns. The next week at New Orleans, a much better defense, seven carries for eight yards. And then Jamie referenced week nine this past year against the Dolphins, which was such a disappointment because if you had gone into that game saying, hey, you're going to get 28 touches from Chase Edmonds. I, I feel like people would have had him in the top five that week, and he ended up with 70 rushing guards, 18 receiving yards, didn't get in the end. I think I almost used him as a start of the week that week. <laughs> like That's how excited I was. Yeah, I remember a lot of us were excited. Uh, Buffalo gave uh, safety Micah Hyde a two-year contract extension. Tampa Bay working on an extension for Tom Brady. The Raiders released Richie Incognito, one of their offensive guards. Carolina expected to franchise offensive tackle Taylor Moton, or Moton, and Denver right tackle Jawan James, who opted out last year, plans to play in 2021. 
All right, back oh, to the Drew Lock now. Free it'll help. <laughs> that offensive line is actually good. Garrett Bowles was a huge, huge step forward last year for them. And yeah, and you know, we talk a lot about the skill position players, but there are some really good offensive linemen on the market as well. Brandon Scherf in Washington. You know, they could obviously well, he may get, get the tax. Yeah, though. they could obviously get franchised, but, but Brandon, Brandon Brooks Scherf, is now being mentioned as a potential trade option for the Eagles. That would be huge if they can some team can acquire why? him. Right? Oh. That's like that tells me that they're just in total rebuild mode. Well, I mean, you have a you know older player coming back that's expensive from a significant injury. I mean, it's not a bad idea to explore what your trade option could be. Yeah, the Eagles are strange because like the division's just not that good, and a, a surprise team wins it every year. But it seems like it seems like they are going into just a, a rebuild mode. But you can win the uh, division in rebuild if, mode. You do have to give up two first-round picks to acquire a franchise tag player, mm-hmm. uh, but the team that is tagging that player has the option to match the contract. Match the contract. Okay. Contract offer given. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, for example, if the Cowboys franchise tag Dak, and let's say the Patriots say, well, we'll give you two first-round picks for Dak at this contract offer, the Cowboys can then match the contract offer and keep Dak. Right. Yeah, the other offensive linemen on the market that need to be mentioned, Trent Williams, left tackle for the Niners, Patriots guard Joe Tooney, Green Bay center Corey Lindsley. Those are the best. And then Pittsburgh left tackle Alejandro Villanueva, Buffalo right tackle Daryl Williams. Pete Prisco has his top 100 free agents. I encourage everyone to take a look. Uh, all right, Heath. Give How me many some. running backs in the top 100? He had, four in the, he had three in the top 50. As I only went through his top 50, he had Aaron Jones, Chris Carson, and I think Kenyon Drake checked in right at number 50. <laughs> and he had a lot. It's a great wide receiver class. Heath, who's the wide receiver most likely you think to change teams between Godwin, Robinson, Galladay, Juju, Curtis Samuel, Will Fuller, Corey Davis, Sammy Watkins? I think it's Juju. Um, there was some stuff during the season last year about how people weren't sure if Juju was going to be back, and they are in a pretty bad salary cap situation, and they have Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. So I would say that Juju seems the most likely and maybe has the widest range of outcomes. You know, Going into last year, we are saying we're going to overlook 2019 because he was so good at a young age. And he was okay last year, but I, I don't know really what to expect from Juju on a new team. It was so hard to judge. You know how good he was in that offense last year too, because Weird his offense. average depth of target was like four and a half yards. All right, who's your number twenty wide receiver right now? Uh, Chris Godwin for me. Oh wow! My number twenty wide receiver is Brandon Cooks. Jamie, I'm looking. Hold on. <laughs> Uh, Let me look it up on the ringer. Who? Galladay? Galladay. All right. I should probably aim lower then. Is there any scenario where Juju Smith-Schuster enters your top 20? Any destination? Yeah. Where? He goes with Deshaun Watson somewhere. (laughs) Absolutely. He ends up with Deshaun Watson. Um, They both go to the Jets. How about the... Okay, fine. He goes to the Jets. Top 20? With Watson? With, With Watson, yeah. Uh, no, I met without Watson. Oh, no. Okay. Um, if he goes to the Jets with Jameis. Okay, yes. there you go. Jameis and Juju. 
And the Jets? Right. Uh, Juju to the Dolphins. Top 20? No. I don't think so. Although the Dolphins were surprisingly pass-happy last season. Like in, situ- in, in, in neutral situations, they threw the ball. I think they were like top five or six in. Yeah, but how much of that was with two and how much of that was with Fitzpatrick, though? I looked just into a start, and I think it stayed consistent. You know, the, their situation neutral pass rate didn't change much when two was in. Juju to the just Raiders. The types of passes. Juju to the Raiders. Are we talking top 30? Yeah. He's top 30 now and kind of in limbo for me. So, All right. What do you like better? Juju to the Raiders or Allen Robinson to the Giants? Uh, Robinson. Yeah. Robinson's proven he could play with bad quarterback. <laughs> Stop it. All right. It's enough. Well, I mean, it's the truth. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Um, do you think Galladay's back on the Lions? I think Galladay's back on the Lions. I think Robinson stays with the Bears. I think Godwin stays with the Bucks. Uh, I think he said it best. Juju's probably going to be the one that sets that's set free in terms of trying to find a new team. Although, you know, he's saying all the right things about trying to stay in Pittsburgh. Um, but you could be looking at Juju and Corey Davis as the two top guys available if you want to throw Curtis Samuel in that conversation also. So those are probably the top three of the uh, options to be set free. Remember, as, as good as this free agency class looks, aside from the franchise tag, this draft class is loaded. And as the rookie drafts, as the rookies have shown you uh, over the last couple of seasons, you don't have to get a guy at the top of the draft to have a great wide receiver um, with, you know, Chase Claypool, what he's done with what Terry McLaurin has done. You know, you don't have to be a first round pick to be um, a, a, a forget Chase, Chase Claypool, but you know what just guys like McLaurin and, and such have done. Okay, uh, how about running? Uh, do you want to talk about more wide receivers? Let me ask you about Chris Godwin. Follow up on Chris Godwin. You know, he had an 18% target share last year. Uh, so the Buccaneers had two wide receivers who were top 13 in non-PPR and top 16 in PPR on a per-game basis. And the only player who finished in the top 16 in PPR per game and was on pace or actually had fewer targets than Godwin and Evans, or I guess was on pace for, was Will Fuller. Uh, and he was on pace for the same amount as as Evans, I think. So that's kind of interesting, like really low target share for Godwin and Evans. And I didn't do, I, I don't know the splits with and without Antonio Brown because Godwin only played, well, Godwin played four games without Brown. He was on pace for 116 targets. He played seven games with Brown and Evans, didn't include Week 17, and he was on pace for 110 targets, so basically the same. Anyway, my question is, do you want to see Chris Godwin back with the Bucks, or do you think there's an opportunity for for even more if he's featured somewhere else? He doesn't have to be with Mike Evans. For him, my preference, well, for him and Evans, my preference would be for Chris Godwin to go somewhere else. Um, like It's possible that that offense, you know, changes enough in 2021 that Mike Evans can maximize his value while being, you know, a relatively low target volume guy. But my assumption is that it's going to be relatively the same. And I don't think either Evans or Godwin can realistically be a top 12 wide receiver uh, in this offense with both of them staying healthy. I know Evans was close if he didn't finish as a top 12 wide receiver, but you know, I don't, I don't see him scoring 14 touchdowns again. 
or 13 touchdowns again. Okay, let's go to running back now. Like I mentioned, for Pete Prisco, Kenyon Drake is uh, the number 50 free agent available. And is there a scenario, Jamie, where you'd be excited about Kenyon Drake? Do you think he still has fantasy starter work left in him? Yes. Um, Atlanta, the Jets, Miami, again. Um, Seattle, if he's a Chris Carson replacement. I mean, any of these job openings that... You know, you can have a, you can see a path to featured work. Does he get that? Probably not. But um, those would be the scenarios or the or the destinations that have the most likely chance for that to happen. Maybe Pittsburgh, uh, if they want to, you know, bring him in to leap over guys like Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland. So um, it's all going to be about opportunity and and situation for him. You know, um, I, I would hate to see him end up as a guy as much so for the place that he'd be going, but like as an area Jones replacement, for example, you know, do the, do the Packers want a veteran to sort of help AJ Dillon in that regard? You know, if they let both guys go of Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, you know, that type of situation as well. So we'll see. Um, I don't think you should rule it out. Obviously he wasn't great last year with the Cardinals, but the previous year he was amazing for the Cardinals, you know? So was it Arizona or was it him? His splits last year were really interesting. He ran the ball, for, I mean, fine. He, he was averaging 4.5 yards per carry in his first eight games of the season. And in his last seven, only 3.3 yards per carry. But he, six of those seven games came after he missed that. What did he miss the game for? The Miami that we just talked about with Chase Edmonds. It was an ankle? I want to say it might have been a concussion, but I'll, I'll check. Okay, yeah, that would be key to know. I didn't know if he was, maybe he was playing hurt. But also, remember, Kyler Murray kept stealing all of his touchdowns. And Drake, in his first eight games, had four rushing touchdowns. In his last seven games, he had six. Um, and he was just, you know, just getting in the end zone a lot more. He was on pace for 14 touchdowns. And he was a top 10 running back. Or he was top 12 running back per game in those seven games. Um, all right. So, Heath, any other free agents that you want to talk about? Jameis, uh, Curtis Samuel, Will Fuller, Hunter Henry. Janu. There are some spots available for tight ends. Um, like if Henry goes back to the Chargers, obviously that'd be great for him. If he could uh, end up in Indianapolis, that'd be maybe even better. Um, so there's some spots where tight ends could be interesting, depending on what happens with Zach Ertz and if he gets cut this week and becomes a free agent as well. Um, but the one still that I'd really like to see just go be a starter is Jameis um, yeah. because it was so much fun when he was a starter for fantasy purposes. And I would, I don't think it'll happen. I'd love to see him in Carolina with Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. Um, I think that'd be fantastic. I'm afraid he's going to be in new Orleans and we're going to get a little song and dance about Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston every couple of weeks. Yeah. I would love to see him in Denver. That's another one. Uh, given the, the downfield options that they, that they have, I think him, him in Denver or Carolina could be really good. Uh, Drake, Drake was an ankle in week nine, uh, but he came back obviously in week 10. Yeah. Uh, I think Jameis is going to be really fascinating because he played in a Bruce Arians offense that was wide open and free and go make plays. And is that best suited for Jameis? Like does Jameis need to be in a more controlled in, environment, atmosphere, coaching staff, you know, don't no risk it, no biscuit, you know, don't, 
don't take these chances and, and make some safer throws. He's going to make mistakes. That's clearly part of his game. But let's not forget, he's got LASIK now. So that's uh, yeah. obviously the cure-all to all of his, his woes. But it would be fun to see if he was the guy in New Orleans. And he, he I mean, look, if he could be a poor man's Drew Brees even with Taysom Hill coming in, that would be a pretty good fantasy quarterback. But obviously letting him go somewhere. Uh, what about the Giants as an upgrade over Daniel Jones? Just stop. I mean, Washington has an opening. That'd be fun. <laughs> You would, but you would be really excited and happy if if they signed Jameis, right? No, I don't think he might be better than Daniel Jones, but I don't think Jameis is ever going to be good enough. Where do the Giants win the division last year if Jameis Winston starts sixteen games for them? Yes, Pro- probably. But I also think they win the division if Saquon Barkley had stayed healthy. So. Um, I think at least Daniel Jones... Quarterback was a bigger need for them last year than running back. Well, but they only missed it by one game. You know, like, yeah. they, he could have could have made that that difference. Uh, um, thankfully for Doug Peterson. Yeah, I think I think at least Daniel Jones... I'm not convinced that he's going to be bad, whereas I don't I don't think Jameis is a good player. I, he's so interesting. He's obviously very talented. It's just strange that you're, you, you're so confident in saying, I don't think Jameis is a good player. I don't. And you hesitate so much in saying that Daniel Jones is, is not a good th- player. I, I'm not really a big Daniel Jones fan. You make it out like I am. But, but I, you have much easier time saying Jameis is not a good player than Daniel Jones is not a good player. Yeah, because because it's only been two years. And don't forget, like Daniel Jones had a pretty significant injury last year that he really stunk terrible after that injury um and he he runs at one point i don't know, I don't, I don't know if Heath wants to say it or if i should but go ahead it's not like he was good before the injury no he wasn't but he was good he was much better as a rookie you know like i mean people, it's it's kind of a it like either way you're going to turn the ball over three times a game with either one of them no, so, that's the know. thing he stopped turning the ball over that that's james hasn't really shown that i don't maybe he had in like an eight game stretch but i don't recall that Daniel Jones threw one interception in his last like six games or something, and and guess what happened? Evan Ingram dropped it. Shocker. So he I, still had six fumbles in that span, though. Did he? Yeah. He led the league in fumbles. For well, a he's a fumbler, but so is Jameis. <laughs> J- Jameis probably would, would lead the league in fumbles too. I it's mean, just, it's just funny that you're defending Daniel Jones. I'm not a want to. I don't want to. I didn't James like the, I know it's it's an instinctual thing. I didn't want the draft. <laughs> We're trying to help you. Point. You're gonna you're gonna compare with Jameis Winston. I'm gonna have to defend him a little bit. Look, they don't have to. Look, look. You tell me this. Would Daniel Jones have had better numbers if he had been throwing to Chris Godwin and Mike Evans? Better numbers than he had. Yes. Better numbers than he had. No. I think the Giants' receiving core is awful. I think a lot of people thought it was really good. I think it sucks. They do not have one difference maker. Uh, they don't get open, and their offensive Kyle line was here terrible. Here we go. Kyle yeah. Here, here we, uh, here we are again. It's it's easy to say that Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram and Golden I mean, Tate, Darius Slayton suck. Evan Ingram, you know, he was a difference maker last year, just not for the Dodgers. <laughs> right. He was. He dropped. He dropped like three or four balls that became interceptions, and one that cost them a win. And one that caught yes against the Eagles that that horrible drop, uh. So and that Look, was like the be- that was want, one of the best I, throws of Daniel Jones' career, by the way. I wouldn't <laughs> want Jameis Winston to the Giants either. Yeah, thank you. As God. someone who wants to see Jameis Winston be a fantasy relevant quarterback. Okay, well, thank you for suckering me into that fantasy Let's football at cbsi.com. I'm sorry. What, what? Let's go, Gettleman. Make it happen. Uh, Matt in D.C. says, Dear Theodore, Abraham, George, and Thomas, those are chipmunks, 
Thanks so much for doing the off-season show. Um, we need more fantasy cops. Okay, I could I could always do that. Okay, I have to keep three players for next year. By the way, I I know those aren't chipmunks. It was a, it was a joke because of Theodore. That was a good joke. Thank you. Two hundred dollar total salary cap. You know, people hear me backing up Daniel Jones. They might not realize that <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I know <laughs> presidents. Uh, I plan on keeping the following players uh, in a two hundred dollar salary cap league: James Robinson for three, J.K. Dobbins for ten bucks, Mark Andrews for one dollar. Um, the catch is that the low cost of many keepers often drives up the value of the top running backs to $70-plus once they return to the draft. Are any of these others significantly better options or at least merit strong consideration? Robert Woods for $22, Calvin Ridley for $22, Terry McLaurin for $22, Chenault for $1, and Deshaun Watson for $13. It is a 10-team half PPR league. What are the first options you said, Robinson who else? Well, he's keeping Robinson for three, Dobbins for 10, and Andrews for one. So I mean, Calvin Ridley for 22 kind of stands out to me, guys. I don't know. Yeah, Ridley? that's the one for me. Ridley, Ridley for 22 versus Dobbins for 10. Um, it also depends on when you have to make the decision because if Jacksonville does bring in another running back, uh, even for $3, James Robinson, if they make a significant investment, you know that could be the one you let go. But for for now, I think Dobbins at ten versus Ridley at twenty two is the one that I would consider. Okay, yeah, I would keep Dobbins at that cost for sure, especially in half PPR. Uh, next email is from John. Hey, Norbert, Daggert, and Stump, presidents. I would be I would be surprised that if anybody knew this one. I have no idea. Nope. Uh, Angry Beavers. Oh, those are like chipmunks. Cartoon Just from like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Entering the second year of our Superflex Dynasty League. Last year I blew it up a little, and I have pick one point three in this year's rookie draft. But I can't figure out what to do. I have Stafford, Barkley, Big Hole at running back. Allen Robinson, Calvin Ridley, Kittle, DJ Moore, Ceedee Lamb, Big Hole at Superflex. So it's he needs he's got the third pick in the rookie draft and he needs a running back and a super flex. Uh, what would you do? Oh oh Does sorry he only sorry. Have the third pick. They no uh, sorry. I have the chance to trade one point three, three point one, and my twenty twenty two first for the first overall pick, and get Trevor Lawrence. Would you give up all of that to move up two spots or just stay at one point three? So let's assume Lawrence is one, and then two can go anyway. Obviously, could be another quarterback, could be Harris or Etienne, could be Chase or Smith. Um, I'd probably stay at three. That's what I would do. Should we be putting yeah. Jalen Waddle, by the way, in this group as well? Because he, absolutely, I'm seeing people having him as the number one wide receiver. Yeah, I I apologize for not putting him there. Yes, he should be there. But I, I do think you're going running back or quarterback here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, you, and you should be able to get either the second best running back or maybe the first. I mean, you know, if it goes quarterback, quarterback. Question becomes is do you go Fields or, you know, um, Zach Wilson if you want to go with the number two quarterback if the running back goes two or receiver goes two? 
It's a really tough call. I might almost see if I could pick up a second round pick by dropping back two or three spots. Yeah. Boy, Don't if you I find were, like with Superflex, yeah, go ahead. Dynasty rookie drafts, the skill players you get at the back end of the first round are just ridiculous because yeah. of the rush for quarterbacks. Yeah. Well, honestly, quarterback is one of the most overdrafted players positions in the NFL drafts. I saw a study about that. Like there, there could be five of them that go in the top 10 this year and that's not going to work out. So <laughs> I would just be so nervous if I had the third pick in a dynasty draft to take fields or Wilson, even in a super flex league and pass up on one of those top three wide receivers or top two running backs. Sure, but you say not going to work out, but I mean, think about some of the recent quarterback drafts and how good some of those guys have been. Right, but think like how would you feel if you if you took Tua right now? You'd be a little nervous about it. I'd be nervous, but if you took I, Herbert, you, know, you, you wouldn't. They, huh? If you took Herbert, you wouldn't be nervous. Or Jalen Hurts. I mean, you know, he was he was in a second round pick in in I, my Superflex rookie draft. But you wouldn't have had to take right. That's fine. I'm saying if you had to take him with one of the first five picks in the draft. And you're rookie. Well, I mean, that's the 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 risk you're taking, clearly. But you it's know, risky. It's, uh, I mean, I could think to our rookie draft that uh, the three of us are in, and Adam, you and I share the team, um, <laughs> where Jalen Rager was a first round pick, and Keyshawn Vaughn was a first round pick. Not you know, top five, though. No, and but, I think there's a difference. Honestly, I mean, you there are usually. I think, uh, go ahead, Chris. Okay. I think the thing with Justin Fields that that makes me feel a little better about it, if I was taking him at three, is just that rushing ability. Yeah. No, I think that's that's one of the things that you know you mentioned Jalen Hurts, uh, someone who looks a lot better now. When you've got that kind of floor, it, it does make it a lot easier to make the transition for fantasy. Yeah. Okay. From Trace, uh, from Vancouver, hoping to get this answered on the pod. All right. Twelve team full PPR. Keep two. Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Jones, George Kittle, Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson, James Robinson. It does not appear that there are any values attached to it, so it's just pick two. Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Jones, George Kittle, Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson, James Robinson. It's obviously pick one. Yeah, Taylor and? Right now it's Robinson for me, but that could change. Oh, Chris, there are two Robinsons. James Robinson, excuse me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if Aaron Jones gets one of these premier jobs, that's the easy choice for me at number two. It, yeah, I think that they're like, I, hopefully, you're not making any keeper decisions in the next month. Um, that would be a wild way to do it. But it's going to depend on what Jacksonville does and who Aaron Jones signs with. But it, I think it'll be one of those two. It's not Kittle, huh? It could be Kittle if. Like Jacksonville does bring someone in, and like if Jones goes back to Green Bay and Jacksonville brings someone in, uh, I think I would go Kittle. Yeah, I, I would still keep Jones over Kittle if he's in Green Bay. But if he goes to, if he if he has a money grab situation where he's going to be sharing with somebody, then it, it probably would be Kittle over Jones. Cool. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Free agency is uh, going to get going next week, but you're going to hear so many r- rumors and reports, and there's going to be a lot of cuts in the coming days so get ready for four and a half bonus pods in the next two weeks for jamie and chris and heath i am adam we'll talk to you tomorrow on fantasy football today